Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar. My name is Sam Spillman. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for just, you know, being here and being yourself. That's what it's all about, the genuineness of our faith, the genuine relationship with the Lord, a genuine connection with God, and genuine conversation and honing those skills. That's kind of what this whole podcast is all about. If this is your first time listening, it's just a simple conversation. That's at least what I'd really desire for it to be. Um, it's just, it's called Roar Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. Um, and I just want to allow the Word of God and our just study of it, our reading of it, our, so to speak, ingesting of it, to really reveal to our hearts and our souls who Jesus really is. Because when we see who He is, that then shows us who we really are. The Bible talks about how when we look into the Word of God, which again, Jesus is the Word made flesh, when we look into the Word of God, it actually reflects to us who we are. So we can actually clearly see and discern accurately what in me is good, what in me is changing, what in me is growing into the likeness of love. Because again, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the Bible also says that God is love. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen love in the flesh. That's what this is all about. It's a very simple, genuine connection. So today we're going to read out of 1 John chapter 3. Really simple stuff. Oh, before I forget, if you want more information about the ministry, about myself, about anything to do with Family Mission, any of these podcasts, anything of the like, um, you can check out the description. There's Our website is there. Social media is there. So please check all of that out. Also, if you want to leave a comment or if you want to get in touch with us about any sort of discussions you want to hear on the show or any questions, feel free to reach out in that uh, information places. Those information places? I don't know if that's proper English, but you guys can figure it out. You're adults. 1 John chapter 3 says this, verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Notice how there's that, and so we are point. It's, it's the emphasis. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Again, back to what this opened up with. It's about that genuine relationship. You know, it's, it's like if... You know, I was to ask somebody, you know, pick your favorite sports person. You say you got like uh, Peyton Manning. I don't know. He's a classic. But Brett Favre or some of those old quarterbacks of the NFL. Say you were to ask someone, you know, what do you know about Brett Favre or something? And they start listing statistics or things of the like. They, they know something about him. But Brett Favre or Peyton Manning or, you know, Drew Brees, you know, Tom Brady, whatever, whoever you want to throw in there, Patrick Mahomes. You know, that doesn't mean that that person would know you when you go past them or that you would know, you know, what their favorite chicken sandwich is, what time they wake up in the morning, you know, that very intimate level. There's kind of this bubble that you can know about someone. You can know even some of the general things they might even say in public, but that inner home inner discussion, that's a different story. And that's what he's talking about here. It's that depth of knowing. It's not just like, you know, I know of him and, you know, I've, I've read the Bible some or, you know, I've, I've gotten into it. I know about God. No. Does God know you? That's a different, that's a whole different level of knowledge. It's not just that surface. I know about you. It's a very intimate, like you are my friend. I could call you at 12 o'clock at night and you would be there. So again, it's that depth of knowing. And if you really want to get into it, a lot of times when the Bible talks about knowing, think about a husband and a wife, very close, intimate. The Bible says Adam knew Eve and then Cain and Abel were there. So even the very intimate act of a husband and a wife, those things, that's actually attributed to knowing that person. So knowledge in this knowing is not just like, 
I kind of know a fact about them. It is a very intimate relational word. So kind of keep that in mind. When you do read, sometimes it's good to take that base level knowledge and throw that in there and be like, oh, is, is this that kind of knowledge? Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the one who lives on the inside of you. If you've been born again, reach out to him. He will teach. He will reveal these things to you if you would just but ask. So continuing on here, verse two, beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet appeared. And this is kind of what I want to get into today and kind of finish up. I know I've kind of set this up here, but hopefully this kind of main point would be kind of the thing you take away from this conversation. Because as I was reading, this is kind of the thing that was bubbling up, honestly, for me today. As I, you know, started this morning, I had the Bible app playing as I was waking up. And this was one of the things that was playing. And it was this first John and I was listening through chapter one and chapter two. But here in the beginning of chapter three, it really like dropped in my spirit. I was like, oh, whoa. That's, there's something there and kind of was meditating on it throughout the day. And I really think it'll, it'll bless you like it blessed me. But here he goes. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is again, back to that relational dynamic. But verse three, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he's pure. The way God does things is, um, it's almost counter and opposite to the flesh. The Bible says a mind state on the spirit is life, but the mind state on the, on the flesh is death. It says that he who sows unto his flesh sows unto death and will reap death, but he who sows into the spirit will reap life. The Bible talks about how the, the mind set on the flesh and the flesh itself, excuse me, is at enmity with God and it cannot please him. So there's a very clear distinction between the world's way and God's way. There's many different scriptures that kind of back up that theme. Jesus talks about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The Bible talks about being born into the kingdom of his dear son when we're born again into the kingdom of light versus being slaves to the kingdom of darkness. There's a very clear distinction between right and wrong, right? Light and darkness, love and selfishness. There's that split is very common throughout scripture, but that split kind of happens here. He talks about hope. Whenever we walk in faith and hope, that is the way that God does things. That's the way that love does things. Again, to over, kind of to oversimplify, when you're digging into scripture, it's all about love, right? Because it's all about God. The scripture is God's word. Well, who is God? Again, God is love. So this is the words of love, not to get super oversimplified, but really when we're reading into this, it is teaching and discussing. It's like we're having a conversation with love. So how do I be more loving? How do I learn? I dig into what love says about me. Again, back to the beginning, the mirror of the word. A man, James says it, a man who looks at scripture. It's like looking into a mirror. So I'm looking into the mirror of love. And so I then can see the reflection of love in my own life. And I can begin to what meditate on this. Why does Deuteronomy talk about write the scriptures on the, your hands, your eyelids, put it on your doorposts, hang it up in your house, speak of my words, keep them always in your mouth. Jesus talks about the scripture that used to be written and the law that was written on the tablets of stone is now going to be written on your heart. See, all of these things in scripture is painting this beautiful picture of this intimate relationship with love himself. 
So this whole point, and John, a lot of, if you read, you know, like 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the the, uh, the gospel of John, it all kind of has a very clear theme of the love of God. John really emphasizes that in his writings in the Bible. So it's, you know, whenever you're reading it, again, you kind of can see there's different themes. You know, Paul talks about a myriad of things, you know, in the epistles, but then you've got like um, the gospels, the different ones, they kind of all emphasize different parts, different perspectives of a... Uh, of who Jesus is. And I don't have time to really get into all of that, but John specifically kind of emphasizes love. So again, this whole point, and I'm trying to kind of wrap back into these, these points. So the, the whole thing of hope and love is really what I want you guys to catch. How does love do things? Love is fueled by hope and faith. Faith and love, faith apart from works is dead. So faith apart from the hope and the, the outer working of love through faith is dead. So if you have faith in somebody, you're going to be loving to them. If I have doubt in somebody, I'm going to be selfish towards them, right? If, I, if I'm, if i again, not to oversimplify, but really just take a moment and think about this. If I am going up to somebody and I do not expect them to be for me, but I expect them to be against me, am I coming into that ex, that situation, that conversation with hope, or am I coming into that conversation with doubt? If I'm coming into it with doubt, I already have put up walls and I've already kind of come into it with a lack of good things coming. I've kind of already believing the worst. The Bible says this, that love believes the best. So already I have a flag of, well, I'm not, I'm already kind of dancing with love here because if I'm coming up with that expectation of fear, I've already kind of set myself up to hear and handle that from a broken place. So then the after effects of it are probably going to be from a broken, unrenewed place. However, coming into things with a hopeful expectation, even if it's just taking the time to pep yourself up before you have the hard conversation, before you get into something and you're just kind of sitting there, Lord, you are for me. You've given me your word. You love me and that love can flow through me. That's something that you've given me and I can freely give that because I've received it from you. I've sat with you. And if you haven't, just take five minutes and sit quiet. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You can just sit for just minutes and just meditate on the love of God. Read 1 Corinthians where it talks about what love is. Read that and then just meditate and say, okay, this is who God is. This is how God sees me. And just sit there and just watch what the Holy Spirit will do. You give so much ammunition. The Holy Spirit, he just he says, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Just think of that amount of truth with just five minutes of time. The Holy Spirit can move mountains. Take the time. Take that little bit and very practically work that into your everyday life and see what happens. See how much easier those conversations will be because you're not entering into it again from that place of, you know, unbelief, that place of doubt, but you're actually operating from that place of love. And instead of self-protection and isolation, you've now become again, like Christ who did not isolate himself from the people, but he said he was moved with compassion. If Jesus was moved from that self-righteous, selfish place, he wouldn't have done pretty much everything he did. He would have just gotten it over with. Peter, just leave me alone. Don't you know to shut your mouth? I mean, he would have been a totally different person and none of us would have had hope because we all would have fallen short. We all would have seen our, our shortcomings and that is no place to live. That's not what Christ died for. 
and we read this word, this, this Bible tells us this is what it's about. This truth of love and purity and life, that's what it's about. That simple truth Paul talks about, I will preach Christ and him crucified because all of these things, every bit of teaching you do on any subject, it's all going to come back to this. And where is this learned? Again, without getting too much into it, it's learned in your family. You can teach these things to your kids. You can teach these things to your family. You can talk to your parents about these things. You can have conversation. It's going to happen in the home because out of that flows everything in your life. You learn all of your skills at home, how to eat. You know, you can tell, you know, it's, there's a lot of things you pick up at home, how your, your body language, how you handle pressure, what you talk about, what you listen to, all of those things are picked up at home. But see the household of God, Jesus said, what my kingdom is not of this world. A kingdom is a household. It's a royal ruling family. So it's a household of God that rules. Paul talks about us as ambassadors of a kingdom. You know, when they would send ambassadors, a lot of times they would send the, the princes to go out into the land and speak. The kingdom terms, it's a family term, right? Again, I don't have a lot of time to really go into that, but I do want to kind of put that seed in the back of your mind that this is something that you can do at home. This isn't just a, a individual thought process. This isn't just a process that happens at a church. Although it works there and it does happen, there is spiritual family. There is the, like Jesus said, you know, who is my brother? Who is my sister? Who is my mother? But those that do the will of my father. So there is a connection that even happens in the, the body of Christ. I'm not excluding that. But the body of Christ should come home. Your family should be a part of the body of Christ too. And there is a way for both to coexist and cooperate. Abraham, his household. Why did he pick Abraham? Because he would lead his home, his household in the ways of the Lord. What is the ways of the Lord? It's the ways of love. Simply put, there is a way that love does things. You look at nature. Everything gives to the other. Everything is loving the other. Everything in the ecosystem gives of itself. Some things even even giving its life for the other's sustainability. Jesus said, no greater love than this, that someone would lay down their life for their friend. Again, this cycle, it's so clear and it's so simple that it's so easy to get distracted. So today, all I want to encourage is just, I really felt that encouragement in my spirit. I want you guys to catch these things meditate on these things and be encouraged. There is hope. There is a way that things are going to work out. Life is not just doom and gloom. There is a way we have a God who knows the end from the beginning. He has a plan and he's given us his blueprint and his word. The question is, are we going to be willing and obedient to read it, to be diligent, to allow him to speak to us? Are we going to open our ears and allow the word to break down the hardness of our heart? Are we going to be humble? In the parable of the sower, I'll finish with this. In Luke's gospel, he brings this out. Jesus talks about the parable of the sower with the good, all the different types of ground, right? He talks about the hard ground, the thorny ground, the ground that got choked out by the sun, and then the ground that was so hard that the birds ate it. In all of those, the good ground, Luke brings out specifically, he says this, and I know I'm talking really fast, but I'm just like, my mind is going a thousand right now. He says this, a good and honest heart will receive the gospel. The, the, the good ground is an honest heart. It's a heart that is open, vulnerable, clear, and is being honest. This is really how I am. This is really what I'm feeling. That is the heart that is actually able to receive love. But a heart that's just choked out, that's distracted, that's twisted up with thorns, the heart that is beaten down and discouraged and hopeless by the sun, and the heart that is just so hard and hurt and full of pain that nothing is going to penetrate it. That's not an honest heart. Those are all walls. 
that we can build up over life and over time. And it's very easy. But the simplicity of trusting in the Lord, trust in the Lord. The very middle of the Bible talks about that it is better. I think the very center verse, it's in like 118. I think it's Psalms 118. Verse 8, I think is what it is, if I'm correct. It says, it's better to put your trust in the Lord than to put your trust in man. That is at the center. So at the center of this, it's better to put your trust in what? Love than it is to put your trust in man. Again, these words are interchangeable. You can begin to dig into the word and devour these things and allow the Holy Spirit to really bring out the simplicity of this gospel that it is doable. It's applicable. It's applicable, I guess is the right word, to our lives. So anyway, I just want you guys to know he's for you. We are, what does it say? See what kind of, what does it say? You, you hear that? What kind of love the Father has given to us. That's chapter 3, verse 1. That's the text we were digging into. That we should be called what? Children of God that we're in the family. See how the Holy Spirit throughout even just this little conversation. He has connected all of these pieces back together. So that we are. Again, that's the faith and the hope. This is what it is. This is where I'm going. I am the righteousness of Christ. He has made me clean. I am a new creation. I have been born again. We are righteous. There is hope. Again, that's just all I have. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. And we know Christ. He knows you. I'm praying for you. I just want this to be an encouragement. This was kind of a little different. I know sometimes I can get into a real teaching flow, but I did feel a little bit of excitement today because today is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and what? Be glad in it. Today's worth being glad in. Your life is worth enjoying. It's not just a grind. There's a way that life can be done with excellence and be full and fulfilled and you can get all that needs to be done done, but you can also enjoy it and relax in the Lord. He says the Sabbath is for man. It's a gift from God to us because of he wants us to sit at peace and be happy and full of joy. Jesus was anointed with joy above all his brethren. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. All of these things. Anyway, I could keep going for hours. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I really pray it blessed you. If it blessed you, share it with somebody. If you know somebody that's a little down on themselves, I don't think this will hurt them. I think it might help them. And if you're watching this and you were down on yourself and your friend sent it to you, don't feel bad. Everyone's working through stuff. We're all walking this life out together. But just know, lift your head up a little bit. Don't be so downcast. Why are you so downcast? What's wrong? Like David, he encouraged himself. He said, soul, why are you so downcast? Do you not remember that the Lord forgives you? He carries your iniquities. He Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. All right? It's going to be okay, everybody. You're going to make it. He knows the end from the beginning. He's for you. And if God be for you, what and who can be against you? I love you. Thank you so much. Check out the description for more information about myself questions, comments, all that cool stuff. Like it. You know, you know what to do. Um, I love y'all and I'll see you next time on Roar. Have a blessed one. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I don't know how to end this. I'll see y'all. Goodbye.